weekend right here uh, with Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio. I know you got a lot of choices, right? There's always a lot of content coming at you. A lot of different podcasts, a lot of different radio shows, a lot of different TV shows, a lot of distractions in life. So we appreciate you here joining us and making us your distraction right here on Hick at Night. All right. So we learned on Friday Sam Howell will be the starting quarterback for the Commanders this season. That is now the sixth team this year in 2023. They'll have a full-time starter for the first time under center. We have the Commanders right with Howell. You have the Texans, Colts, and Panthers, all three with their young first-round rookie quarterbacks. You have the Falcons with Desmond Ritter, and you have also the Packers with Jordan Love. I want to ask you this question. Which of those six quarterbacks, which of those first-time starters is in the best position to succeed? Not who is the best, who will be the best. Which team is giving their young quarterback the best position to succeed. The reason why I want to talk about that and discuss that is because that is one of the most, I think, underrated aspects and under-talked-about subjects when it comes to young quarterbacks developing into franchise guys. We always talk about a quarterback. Can they make it? Can they take over a franchise? Can they save, for the most part, usually, a franchise that is drowning or that is in distress? And so many, or so much, or so often, third time's a charm, so often do I think we put all the weight of the world on a young quarterback's shoulders, when in reality, teams, especially early on, need to help out their young quarterback, need to put them in a position to succeed, need to give them talent in order to really kind of get adapted and get going moving forward here. Too many times it's, oh, you're the savior. Come in, save us, please. We need help and do it all. Block, throw to no receivers, have a bad coach, and expect to go to a Super Bowl. You got to put your young quarterback in a position to succeed. Look at Patrick Mahomes. The NFL is a copycat league, right? What works, other teams copy it. Other teams model themselves after successful organizations. Look what the Chiefs did. Like, why is that not getting enough attention? The Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes in the first round, and I know he's out a year. But when he finally played in year, uh, in year number two in 2018, did you see what he has around him? He has a future Hall of Fame head coach in Andy Reid, future Hall of Fame tight end in Travis Kelsey, future Hall of Fame wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. He had three of the greats to ever play their respective positions, helping him his first year as a full-time starter. The Chiefs gave him an opportunity to have success. And to Mahomes' credit, he took that success and clearly ran with it to be the best quarterback in the NFL. But he was not drafted by the Chiefs when they were downtrodden. When they had Joe Blow receiver, Jim Smith at running back, and Jane Doe coaching them. They had legitimate pieces. And from there, Mahomes and his talent took off. Talent around the young quarterback is very, very important. And when you look at 2023, the quarterback that's in the best position to succeed, it's Desmond Ritter. It's the Falcons. The Falcons have put their young quarterback in the best position to succeed of all these these teams we're talking about. Packers, Texans, Colts, Panthers, Commanders. 
Atlanta is the team that going into 2023 has the best situation around their young quarterback. Look what Ritter has to work with. He's got now a second-year wide receiver in Drake London who had a really, really solid, really positive rookie year, 866 yards. You have a healthy Kyle Pitts who had an outstanding rookie year, a second year, you know, ripped away because of injuries for the most part. But a guy who, again, showed a lot of promise uh, in 2021. A receiver showed a lot of promise last year. A running back that I would say is the most explosive and most exciting skill player in the draft from last year in Bijan Robinson, or I guess this past year um, in 2023. Bijan Robinson looks to, you know, be a highlight reel machine ready to go this year. So you got at three of the most important positions. At least one dude there that can help you out and elevate Desmond Ritter's game. Plus an offensive line that's really solid. Should be one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. So when we talk about early on in a quarterback's career, how can the team make their job easy? How can the team almost elevate the quarterback in a way? The Falcons are the team that's doing that. Young, exciting running back. Young, really good, you know, good hands receiver in Drake London. Really game break, you know, a game breaking tight end in Kyle Pitts. Like you had a good offensive line and a, and a head coach and Arthur Smith, who's underrated, I think, who's a really good offensive mind, really smart, creative play caller. That now has again has a lot of weapons at his disposal. There's no reason for Desmond Ritter to fail outside of him just being bad. And that's if you're the Falcons, something you can at least sit back and say, you know what? We at least are putting Ritter in a position to where if he does stink, if he underperforms, we know, hey, it wasn't because of us. We did what we had to do to give him a chance to succeed. There's no doubt. We don't have to waste another year of, oh, I wonder if he's the guy. Let's give him just one more chance. You know, I would argue within two years, if Ritter could be the guy or not because of what you have on the field around him. That's why putting, you know, good pieces around your young quarterback is so important. Not only for their success, but also so you don't waste your time in giving a quarterback that's maybe on the fence an extra year or two and maybe missing an opportunity to acquire a quarterback that is way better. To give your team uh, give your team an actual chance to win. So when it comes to the team with the best position that they're putting their young quarterback in, it's the Falcons. The team that has their quarterback in the worst situation, I think it's the Texans. Texans and C.J. Stroud. You look what's around C.J. Stroud. You got a shaky offensive line. I know you got Larry Tunsil. Solid, I would say, on the tackles. But interior guard, center guard, not great. Robert Woods is your most experienced wide receiver. He's the guy who's lost his fastball. I get concerned if you are then relying on Tank Dell, who rave reviews so far during training camp, but is a rookie. I got concerns if your best receiver right now or the the uh, receiver you're going to rely on the most is a rookie. Don't love that for Stroud. Every other receiver is unproven. New head coach, new offense coordinator. There's some concerning areas there for for Houston that has me think that C.J. Stroud is going to have by far the worst year of any rookie quarterback and the worst year of these six quarterbacks we're talking about as first-time starters. Texans have a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. And I don't like the situation Stroud is in right now. So, best situation right now for a young quarterback, Ritter. 
Worst situation, Stroud. Falcons best, Texans worst. Love to hear your thoughts. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Which quarterback has the mo or has the best situation um, that he's in? Who has the worst? You also mentioned before on the show, my mind is blown. The fact that in Southern California right now, you are looking at a tropical storm warning. That's right. You heard that correctly. A hurricane brewing in the Pacific Ocean. That's not supposed to happen. Not with the temperature of their water. You have hurricanes in in the Southern Atlantic Ocean. Now in the Southern Pacific Ocean, we go to the scene, hopefully not going to be the scene of the crime here in about 24 hours or so. We go to San Diego. We talk to Roxy. Hello, Roxy. Hi, Ryan. How you doing? I'm doing good, Roxy. How are you doing? Well... Yeah, I've been hearing about this Hurricane Hillary for days, um, and we're even getting, like, little warnings sent to us about the tropical storm coming. Like, tonight we got one that said, close all your windows, <laughs> and um, but it's not even starting to rain yet, so um, we're just getting, like, all these little warnings, and I'm like, oh, wait, a hurricane? A hurricane. Is there, like, like is not- there, what's a city like? Is there panic? Um, I don't know. I mean... I wasn't panicked about it till I heard what you were saying. <laughs> so, Do your neighbors feel um, that way? Do your friends um, feel that I, way? Um, I don't know. We don't really talk about it. I mean, we're kind of, I know that they moved my Padres game that I was going to on Sunday to tomorrow morning. Yeah. So now I have a, yeah. And I, and I'm going tomorrow night. So now I have a double header. Wow. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds exhausting to me. I can't imagine how the players feel. But, um, no, I mean, we have earthquakes, which I get. I've had earthquakes all my life. I've born and raised in Southern California, lived here all my life. Um, but hurricane, that's so weird. Like, I don't even know what we're supposed to do. Nobody has basements here. Are you supposed to go in the basement? No, opposite. the basements <laughs> flood first. So that's a good thing. No basement's a good thing. Um, oh, do you have any, uh, any wood, you know, put the wood on the windows? Well, I'm in a, like a two story house and, um, I'm up on a, like a high hill so that I have that view of downtown in the ocean, you know? Oh, so you but, should be um, good. Yeah. And from I'm pretty far away from the ocean, actually. I'm like, I'm like eight miles away, seven, eight miles away from the actual ocean. So, so you're inland. So you're good. <laughs> yeah. But my parents live in Dana Point and they live right on the beach. Are they concerned? Um, yeah. She's been texting me all day about being concerned. Yeah, and like the SDG&E, the power company, is tech, is uh, sending out messages saying they're going to shut off the power and stuff, which I guess is a good thing, too. But So how, how are you going to ride out the storm, Roxy? What are you guys going to do Sunday? Because you can't go anywhere. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I guess we're just going to sit here. I guess we'll sit here and play video games and play guitar. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Roxy, do me a favor. Yeah. Stay safe, all right? I will. And if anybody on the East Coast wants to call and when they talk to you, throw in a little tip on what we're supposed to do, I'd gladly appreciate that. <laughs> Wood on the windows. It's no basement, so you don't get to worry about that, which is good. I mean, living and appreciate the call, Roxy. Stay safe. Um, I mean, living in the Northeast, I can't, you know, we had in my lifetime, I think like one quote unquote hurricane 
well, I guess I'll call it a scare. I think it became like a tropical storm um, back in 2012, which actually did some damage in some parts that were closer to the ocean. Um, but thankfully, at least where I lived was for the most part, pretty, uh, pretty safe, uh, pretty safe outside of just a, you know, torrential downpour and a few down trees. Um, but yeah, Hurricane Sandy in 2012 kind of kicked New York City's ass, uh, kicked some other points on Long Island, but otherwise it's been pretty good, pretty safe, thankfully. But that's just, I still can't believe it. Hurricane in San Diego, hurricane in Southern California. This world is wacky, man. This world is. This world is totally wacky. Speaking of which, there was a really wacky thing that went down, Alex, during the Mets-Cardinals uh, game today that I've never seen before, but I'm curious what you do if, if if you were in this situation. So Cardinals rookie called up, gets his first hit of his career. The usual uh, celebration is, all right, you get the ball, other team throws it in, you keep the ball, that's your name, you know, that's, that's your... Um, that's your possession. You get, you know, you want to keep your first hit in Major League Baseball, keep that ball. So Mets first baseman Pete Alonso, after the ball is thrown in from the outfield, uh, catches the ball, does not realize, oh, this is first career hit. So without thinking, throws the ball into the stands. I think he knew. You think he knew? I mean, like, does he ever why would he why would he throw it to the stands when there's no they're not three outs yet? Why would he like, why, why would he why know? Wouldn't you just give it, why wouldn't you just give it to the pitcher? Why do you think he would throw it? Like, why do you think he was being a bad guy? I was going to say another word, but why do you think he was being a bad guy and throwing the ball away in the stands on purpose? I Maybe it's just me because I've never really liked Pete Alonso. To, I know you're a Mets fan. Uh, I think he's a fantastic player. He's a great player, but I just I just think, like, ever since he started tryharding on the home run derbies and kept, like, treating it like it's his own World Series, I just, I, I, I never really liked him. I I have I have I just have this gut feeling that I feel like he actually knew. You think he knew? I you know what? Honestly, I wish he knew. That's kind of badass. Because the Phillies, because the Phillies, because the Phillies were like cheering more than normal for a right for a single. But like, how are you supposed to know? Like, if you're okay, you're not keeping stats on the other team of oh, this guy's you know never had a major hit before. You're worried about. Where he's hitting the ball, what are his tendencies? Like you're worried about where he hits and not how many hits he has. But have you ever seen a first baseman throw it into the stands with while like before the end of the inning? It was rare. Now it looked <laughs> like he was throwing the ball out of play. Like it was like, all right, one of those scuffed up balls. I'm gonna get it out of here. It wasn't like an underhand. It was it was pretty deep. Well, you got to get over the netting now. The netting that's you oh, know over okay. the dugout. Yeah, fair, you got to throw fair. it high. So he had to sky. You know, it's like a 50 foot net right there. You gotta gotta throw it over with. Um. So anyway, that's not even. I, I wasn't even not going to get to the topic of was it? Did he do it on purpose or not? I assumed it was an accident. Again, I don't know why he would keep stats. But either way, on purpose or an accident, a Cardinals fan now has the first Major League Baseball hit ball. She has the ball in her. She catches the ball from Pete Alonso, and now she has that ball in her possession. And she was playing hardball for like a half an inning. Fans are chanting, "Give it back!" I guess everyone in the stadium realized, "Oh, that was his first Major League hit. And she was playing hardball where she was not giving it back. Security had to come down eventually. I don't know if they made some sort of deal, but she gave the ball back. Um, and now, you know, that ball is in the Cardinals' possession. But if you, Alex, were the fan, if you were your Yankees fan, right? Yes, sir. Let's say Unfortunately. Yankees rookie gets called up, first Major League hit. Pete Alonso's there again, no idea, realizes <laughs> it's his first Major League hit, throws in the stands. You catch the ball. 
What are you doing? What are you asking for? Are you asking for anything? I I, I don't think I am honestly. You're giving maybe, it right back. Maybe 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 just a picture or like just a like a like a like meet him after the game. But that's probably it. Uh, just because. Just because like I, I actually because I know that tradition like I know that it's supposed to go to him and they that they roll it over to the bullpen so I like if I was to just catch it I'm, I'm sort of like first of all I'm confu- I'm like happy but then I'm like wait I'm not supposed to have this and then you like you said security guards came so I'd probably just say like I'll, can I just give it to him after the game personally so I'd probably just do, I'd probably just do that I would do something similar I would like a meet and greet Maybe like a picture. I'm not a big autograph guy, so like a yeah, picture I think either. would be cool. Like maybe like, like maybe not even meet the rookie. Maybe meet like you know, if I was Yankee fan, Aaron Judge. Like, hey, can I get a quick pick with Aaron Judge? Yeah, that who, thing would be pretty who, cool. Was the was it Phillies or Cardinals? Was it, well, Cardinals. Okay, Cardinals. so who they have? Paul Goldschmidt, Aaron Nolan, yeah, Arenado. Be, yeah, yeah. Adam Wainwright's a legend. I yeah. hate him, but you know yeah. he's a I, I, legend. Yeah, I, I guess Gold Goldschmidt because. I used to play fantasy baseball in high school, and he was my go-to player all the time. So I would thank him for winning me the league <laughs> once. Hello, Paul. Thank you so much for all your help back in 2018. I really, <laughs> I really appreciate it. But it's like, I mean, I would like, I'm with you in the sense that I think outside of like an autograph or a picture, I would not ask for any more, uh, anything more. Because I do think, even though I have the ball, I feel like it's like the player deserves the ball. For a mo- yeah. like a monumental moment, like first major league hit, first major league home run, three hundredth home run, four hundredth home run, five hundredth home run, Aaron Judge's sixty second home run last year. Like I feel those milestone accomplishments, the ones that truly like define a legacy uh, and a career, should like are like property of the player. Like where if he wants it. He could say, no, I don't want the ball. I'd, I'd rather have the bat. I'd rather have my jersey. Like, not everyone w- would cherish the ball itself. But if the player says, I want the ball, I feel like it's their right to get it back. Now, again, you want to barter something? You want to do autograph, season tickets? Fine. But like, I feel like money, to me, feels very scummy. If you're a fan, you're like, I'm holding this ball and I'm holding hostage for $10,000. I guess what happened with Aaron Judge's 60-second home run ball. It's on yeah, auction. I remember that. That, to me, is a scumbag move. Yeah. I think it's if Aaron Judge wants the ball, even if I'm not a Yankees fan, I feel like he deserves the ball. Um, and I would try to get something else from it, but I think like he wants the ball, it's his property. The the sixty second home run is a completely different thing because like that's that's historic, right. right? I'd if that if I was in that position. Oh. No, no, no. no Bad no. guy Alex coming no, out. No, no, okay. Extorting oh, okay, let me see let me Aaron see. Judge, his favorite player. I would what what would you say if I asked for Season tickets for the next season. I think it's fine. That's fine. And the yeah. Yankees should not blink at that. Yeah, I think I, I, that's probably the most I would do, to be honest. I think it's like, I think you should get something for catching the ball in kind of the right place at the right time. But to like basically be like, I'm keeping it for auction or I want $10,000. No, I'm not doing an auction. My God. <laughs> like money to me feels very dirty. T- like, and the team should be willing to give you something like whether it's memorabilia, whether it's, again, season tickets. I think it's, experience, yeah. sweet seats for one game. That, to me, is where you should be able to get that. But any sort of money feels no-go. I mean, advice, I, the advice I always got from my parents growing up was if you ever see a dollar bill or, like, even, like, a coin on the ground, never pick it up. Just leave it. Why? They ever explain why? Like, they just said, like, it's it's not yours. It's not for you to keep. It's kind of like, 
I know it's not. I, th- I know it's not stealing technically, but at the same time, it, like, like it's it's the word that you use. It's a little scummy. So I, I. If you if there's a five dollar bill on the ground, on the street, you would leave it. Yeah, I wouldn't touch it. Interesting. Yeah, you have better morals than I do. Nah, I don't. Nah, I I don't know. Honestly, the only reason why I wouldn't pick it up is I would be afraid I'm getting scammed. Like I'm like <laughs> on like some hidden camera. It's a fake five dollar bill. They're gonna catch me being happy. And then be like, gotcha, idiot. And then um, like a joke. That's that's honestly my big fear in terms of like seeing money in the ground. Um, but ninety nine point nine percent of the time I'm picking it up. So you're a better guy than me, Alex. Congratulations. Not hard to do, but you're a better man than me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hick and Night with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. When we come back, this is it. Last call. I'm ringing the bell. Take off. Get your hottest takes in now before the NFL season starts. What prediction that you have that you think is going to be right? People call it you crazy for it, but you think this is going to happen. Now is your chance to call your shot. We're recording every single prediction before the NFL season starts and giving you an award at the end of the year for the hottest take that ends up being right. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. What is your hottest NFL take? Team or player that you think will come true this season? I got a few. I'll give them to you when we do return. It's Hick at Night on CBS Sports Radio. We're taking them hot, and we're taking them spicy. Last chance here to get your biggest NFL hot takes in before the season does start. What prediction are people calling you crazy for that you think at the end you will be right? I got a few I'll give you. We'll hear yours as well. I think when you look at Jared Goff this year, I am high in the Lions. I think Jared Goff's going to be a top five MVP candidate. I know they only really go, for the most part, top three, so it's kind of hard to quantify. But I think for most of the year, we're going to see Jared Goff in the MVP conversation and having a great year for the Lions, leading them to the NFC North crown. I think winning a playoff game. Jared Goff, top five MVP season this year for the Lions. Baker Mayfield leading the Buccaneers to win the NFC South, having a big bounce back year down there in Tampa. I think the Rams are making the playoffs this year. Look at this for a second. Returning for LA. Sean McVay, one of the best head coaches in the NFL. Matthew Stafford, last time he was fully healthy, won a Super Bowl. Cooper Cup, last time he was fully healthy, was one of the best receivers in the NFL, led the NFL in receiving two years ago. Uh, Aaron Donald, if if you think he's been passed up as the best defensive player in the NFL, top three, top five, this team, okay, fine, top heavy. Offensive line, though, banged up last year. I think there's talent there. They just were injured a lot. This team was ruined in 2022 because of injuries and lack of depth. Health is going to be concerned, but if they can stay healthy, which I think they will, and in a weak NFC, I think the Rams will be one of the seven playoff teams uh, playing in January in the NFC Conference. I think both the Browns and Broncos will make the playoffs. Big bounce backs from Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. I think Ron Rivera will be the first head coach fired. I don't like the drama that he started between him and Eric Bieniemy when he talked about Bieniemy's coaching style and then players that were complaining about how hard Eric Bieniemy is coaching them. And then he didn't really offer any sort of strong stance in defending his offense coordinator. 
I didn't like that. That to me, there there's something there. I think if this season goes kind of off the rails, I think you'll see Ron, the first one, gone uh, as head coach-wise. I think Bill Belichick will be fired after this season. And I think Sean McDermott will be fired after this season. Belichick, because Robert Kraft wants to win, bare minimum get back to the playoffs. I don't think he's going to settle for another under 500 season, which I think will happen in New England. And with Bill Belichick constantly bypassing upgrades, not signing anyone, not giving Mac Jones any sort of real weapons to throw the ball to or get defenses concerned about. And with Sean McDermott getting the the Bills close but constantly falling short in the playoffs, I think both teams, Bills and Patriots, will get fed up with their current situation and look to get upgrades. Bill fired, McDermott fired. Those are my takes for 2023. Hot takes, if you will, that people call me crazy for. I think that definitely, though, will, uh, will come to fruition. How about yourself? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. You can tweet at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. What is your hottest NFL take you think will come true here this upcoming season? Let's go out to Ben calling from Big D. What's up, Ben? Hey, Ryan. Thanks for taking my call, man. Thanks for making it, man. What's on your mind? What what we got take-wise here? Well, this might be a little biased, but I don't think the Eagles are making the playoffs this year. You think the Eagles are missing the playoffs? Well, I think the second-place winner from the North and the West are definitely going to make it, whether it be the Lions or the Vikings. Okay. And then the Seahawks or the Rams. Okay. And then I think the Giants leap over the Eagles this year. So you think the defending Super Bowl champs, or uh, defending NFC champs, excuse me, with the runner-up MVP, their head coach still there, with a loaded offense with Devontae Smith, with Dallas Goddard, with A.J. Brown, with still loaded defense, especially on the defensive line, you're saying the defending NFC champs, forget about not winning the division. I'm guessing you have Dallas winning the division? Of course are missing the playoffs altogether. Do you actually believe that, Ben? Or you just have your Cowboys bias seep in? I, I think it's about 50-50. I think I... I, I, wow. I, I Yeah. They lost seven starters. That, that's not easy to overcome. So it's everyone around them getting better and the Eagles getting worse in your mind. Exactly. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to, you know, come back down to earth this year. All right. I... I it, wasn't that convincing? We've written it down. So Ben in Dallas is on the sheet. The 2023 takeoff sheet where we are recording all of these predictions. So Ben in Dallas could get his laugh or we could be laughing at him here if the Eagles are 14-1 and going into week 15. Tom is in Maine. What's up, Tom? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Of course, man. Thanks for making it. What's on your mind? All right, man. You said, I think Chicago Bears are winning the North this year. Bears are winning the North. Why? Because they've upgraded the line with Darnell Wright coming in. Obviously, DJ Moore, healthy weapons, Darnell Mooney coming back healthy. Cole Komet's locked up with a new contract. They added a whole bunch of pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Second year in the Luke Getze offense system. Eberflus has way more control of the defensive side. I they were in almost 
probably half the games that they lost last year, and they lost it by one possession. I, I think this year with the new offense talent, uh, the defense coming together a little bit more with some new pieces, just look at the linebacker core that they brought in this offseason. Between TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, to take up that spot of Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. I think the defenses could be super improved. Justin Fields actually has someone to throw to that's, you know, not a middle school janitor. Uh, janitor. Hmm. Um, I, I think they win the North. I don't see the Lions not choking like they always do. I don't fear Kirk Cousins. He can't play in prime time. And I, I don't trust the Jordan Love hype. So you're buying the Justin Fields hype but not buying the Jordan Love hype. But I've seen flashes of the Justin Fields hype. How can I buy into the Jordan Love hype? Jordan Love looked good for one half, or was it one quarter against the Eagles <laughs> at Sunday Night Football? I get there's not a lot there. I appreciate the call, Tom, for Jordan Love. I am not, I'm in a way and see mode with Justin Fields. I am not buying the hype. There's been a lot of steam and a lot of positivity towards Justin Fields. I like what the Bears did in trading from one to nine and getting DJ Moore and getting assets and addressing the offensive line with the first round pick. But this is where, for Fields, I want to wait and see. You look at the preseason game last week. Three completions, 129 yards, two touchdowns. All three completions were behind the line of scrimmage. I'm not saying that's a knock. I like that. For Fields, you have to keep it simple this year. Have your playmakers make plays. Just get the ball at them, let them do their work. We saw with DJ Moore, we saw Khalil Herbert, two long touchdowns. Where my concern is, is I don't trust Justin Fields to truly keep things simple. I got to see it. I'm a big fan of his. I was high on him coming out of Ohio State. I just want to see him still be able to kind of remain calm and also back up a lot of talk he's doing. That also has me a little bit concerned as well. I'm in a wait-and-see mode here with Fields, uh, but if he keeps it simple, that is by far the best, I think, best path for him to have a big bounce-back year. And to your point, Tom, lead a charge to... I wouldn't say NFC North title contention, but I would just say 500. If you're in the ballpark of 500 this year for the Bears, that is, I think, a major, major win this season. All right, we're continuing to take your hot takes here. This segment's all about getting the hot takes in before the NFL season comes. A fortune of my schedule, uh, I am off next Saturday. I'm going to Penn State, West Virginia, in two Saturdays from now. Um, so I'll not be on the air again, unfortunately, in this time slot at least, until... Week one is already kicked off with Chiefs Lions on Thursday night, so that's when the you know the the unofficial line is drawn once the season officially kicks off. So this is it. One more segment getting your hot takes in before it's locked, and we see who is in you know contention to win and who will be made mockery of basically for some takes that fall flat in the face. And trust me, I have a few that I think will uh, could end up maybe on the wrong side here, but nonetheless. Gotta believe now this is the time to be optimistic. That's what we will be. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Your hottest take that you think will come to fruition this year in the NFL is next. But first up with the latest CBS Sports radio update is Pete McCarthy. Last call. Ten minutes and the door is closed. Last chance to call your shot right now at a hot take that you think will be correct at the end of the season. 
and we will revisit these all throughout the year. I've all written down right in front of me, whether it's on Twitter at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three, or whether it is on the phones at 855-212-4227. Even though I'm on the air right now until the top of the hour, um, I will say, uh, if you are unable to call, but still have a take that you want to give before week one, we will take them before week one on Twitter at Ryan underscore Hickey and then number three. At least calling and voicing your opinion, this is your last chance. My, I guess we'll say, biggest take from today, Sean McDermott, Bills head coach, fired after this season. And if you're the Bills, you got into the playoffs, you built a sustained level of success in terms of winning the division constantly, getting the playoffs constantly, and putting yourself in a position to be a Super Bowl contender. Now it's time to break through. Now it's time to get over the hump, get past the Chiefs, and get to a Super Bowl and win one. And if McDermott falls short again, if the Bills lose in the first round or the second round again, he's got to go. I think he will go if that ends up being uh, being the case, which I think it will be. So 855-212-4227. Terry is calling from Indianapolis. Hello, Terry. Hey, good morning. How you doing, Ryan? Good, Terry. What's on your mind, man? We got Hey, man, I know my, my friends think I'm stupid, but I, I told oh, my buddy, is... I said, look, I said, the Pittsburgh Steelers will get a wild card and will make the playoffs. They'll beat out the Jets, they'll beat out the Broncos, they'll beat out the Dolphins. Mike Tomlin has a winning record. He does not have a losing record. He's a great coach. He doesn't get the respect I think he deserves. I think I think uh, Pickett's going to be better this year. they got to bet, you know, the offense is going to be good. Defense is always good. They always draft well. I hate I hate Pittsburgh because I'm a Cowboys fan, but I had the I had the most respect three coaches in their entire history. And Crazy. They, just, they are just a great run franchise, and they will make the playoffs. I also think the Kansas City Chiefs will not win the Super Bowl this year. I think they'll have some injuries, and I think they will get derailed, and I think they will they'll make the playoffs, but I just don't think they'll make. Win the Super Bowl, and I don't think they'll get to the Super Bowl this year. And that's it, my brother. All right, Terry. We'll, we'll draw the the Chiefs one's not a hot take, so we won't. We'll leave that one out because that's I'm not picking the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. Most people, maybe Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, Jaguars. Like, there's four or five teams you can legitimately pick from in the AFC where it's definitely not a hot take to say the Chiefs are not going to back to back Super Bowls um, for sure. But all right, he's in there. Steelers making the playoffs so far. And we have a few minutes left here, but just going through these between last week and today, I think the hottest take we have, Rick in Boston. Gee, I wonder what team he roots for. Rick in Boston said, Patriots will win the Super Bowl. Beck in Florida, Saints will win the Super Bowl. We got... Let's see. Moe in Georgia. Ravens win the Super Bowl. Ben in Dallas also is a hot take here. Eagles missing the playoffs. That's a hot take. Hot. I don't see a, a way that happens whatsoever. We did playoff locks when I filled in for Zach Gelb earlier this week on CBS Sports Radio. Missed any of it. Hick at Night podcast. Night N-I-T-E. On that pod, we did talk about playoff locks. No matter what happens, you know, hell freezes over. Three teams are making the playoffs no matter what happens. Chiefs, 
49ers, Eagles. Quarterback injuries, you name it, I can't see a situation where the Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, not in the playoffs. Jamie's call from Massachusetts. Hello, Jamie. Hello, how you doing? Good, man. What's on your mind? I think the Sam Howe and the Commanders are going to make the playoffs. Make the playoffs, Jamie. Make the playoffs and win a game. They're going to at least win the game, too. Wow. Not just make the playoffs, win a game. Where is this confidence coming from? Uh, Eric Bieniemy, Sam Howe, the uh, offense, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dobson, um, Curtis Samuel. You got Logan Thomas. If we can keep him healthy, they're gonna have a they're gonna have a great season. You said it's a copycat league. Who's the best one in the copycat the league uh, in the Chiefs? You're, Eric Bieniemy, Jeremy. Uh, excuse me, Jamie. I apologize. You're hundred percent right about that, Jamie. Eric Bieniemy is a guy that you want to right mimic success from right now the best offense and the best quarterback. Not a bad way to start. Now we have differentiating takes, which either you will laugh at me or I will laugh at you. I think Ron Rivera is going to be the first head coach fired because I don't think this Commander season is going to go very well. In large part, speaking of Bieniemy, I don't like the fact that last week Ron Rivera brought attention to. Be enemies coaching style and some players, some young players, not taking kindly to it. That's where Ron's got to step up, squash the beef, and back his offensive coordinator. Back the enemy. He didn't do so. That concerns me. That concerns me. So even though Sam Howell is a starter and I like his talent and I like the team around him offensively, I don't think things are going to go swimmingly, we'll say, for Washington this year. Nick is in Toronto. Hello, Nick. Uh, what's going on? How you doing, man? Uh, yeah, so Buddy called about the Steelers already, but I just wanted to add on to it a bit. Uh, like he said, Tomlin, he can just will the Steelers to nine wins with, uh, you know, Duck Hodges and whoever. He's fantastic. You know, being a Steelers fan my whole life, Cower, Tomlin, that's it. I mean, the coaching is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, not to mention, you know, this guy, George Pickens. Oh, my God, this guy's a freak, man. These catches that he makes in training camp and preseason last year when his rookie year, absolutely mental. You know, every single catch, it seems like, is the highlight reel. Uh, last time I checked, Vegas had the Steelers finishing fourth in the division. I think that that's crazy. I, I, like, I don't even think that the Steelers winning the division or, or uh, you know, grabbing a wild card and finishing second is really that hot of a take. Do you think they're the best team in the division? Think- I don't think it's. Them finishing they, above they the Bengals isn't a hot take? Uh, no, I'm just, I'm saying the Steelers, you know, possibly taking the division or at least taking a wild card is not that hot of a take. I'm, I, I wouldn't – I mean, I, they're arguably the best. They're, I, they're not fourth. I wouldn't say that they're the worst team in the division. I would say they're the worst team. Nick, do you have any hot takes or do you just want to defend your Steelers? Well, I think that I think that the uh, uh, Rodgers and the Jets. I think that they're. I think they're going to go for it. I think that they take the Super Bowl. They Jets win the Super Bowl. I'm I'm saying the Jets win the Super Bowl. I, you see these these quarterbacks like Stafford moving, you know, um, Brady with uh, the Bucks moving back in the day. These guys that moved to better teams seem to get the job done. The Jets had an incredible defense too. I mean. They could, they could steal a few games for him as well. Wow. Nick at the buzzer. Appreciate the call, buddy. The last take we have taken, at least on the phones. 
Again, another take where I think the Jets are missing the Super Bowl. I don't even think that's a, that of hot of a take, so I didn't include it in my hot take. Um, in my hot takes, because I think that's more of a, I feel like that's now more of a common thought being thrown out there that the Jets are going to miss the playoffs. But I'm not high in Rodgers, and I got some serious concerns. But next on the opposite, it's going to be a lot of fun. So appreciate all that called. If you want to still get a hot take and you couldn't get it in tonight, if you're listening on the podcast, Hick and Night, N-I-T-E on the podcast feed, tweet me at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. Any tweets before Chiefs, Lions will count towards the hot take contest. Appreciate Alex. Tremendous job producing. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon right here on CBS Sports Radio.